This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. Well, it is so good to see each and every one of you this wonderful and beautiful January morning. It is the first Sunday of 2024. It's so good to see each and every one of you. Yes, give the Lord a hand clap. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our God is good. Woo! So all the festivities and all the holidays are over. That is, until February, right? That's right back home. If you've been shopping lately, they've already changed decorations for the next holiday. That's quick. Well, with that being said, you know, we do have some things I want to share with you about what's happening in Robert Avenue. Number one, if you're visiting with us, we want to ask you to fill out those visiting cards you'll find in front of you. Click the awesome place to come around so you can have a record of your visiting check and appreciate that. To join us online, we want to welcome you as well. And ask you to consider being right here in the sanctuary with us and experience what God is doing in Robert Avenue Baptist Church. In the meantime, be a, consider being a part of what God is doing here uh, with us right now. Today is a busy day at Robert Avenue. So after services today, 4 o'clock, we'll have a ministry team meeting for Son of Lisa King. We will be there at 4 p.m. 4.30 begins our spring or resurrection day cantata. Practice, I think we're going to start out by Lucy and the other ones. So Mr. Charles will be in there and be a part of that. If you're interested in being into that cantata, then you'll need to be there for that. And then, of course, at 6 p.m., we'll have our evening worship services. Um, also, coming up through the week, we'll have our normal services picking back up. Men's Women's Bible Study will be picking back up soon. <coughs> I believe there's a sign-up sheet already for the Men's Bible Study. So, if you that, sign up for that, not for you. You'll find another sign-up sheet as well. And that's going to be for next Sunday evening. That's for our United Baptist Association of Texas annual meeting. If you're interested in being a part of that, please sign that up. Um, and so, what it is, we have a head count of how many are going to their meal. Their meal is at 430 not have to be a part of the meal if you want to be. Uh, worship service will start at 6 p.m. there. And that's just at Trinity, excuse me, Unity Baptist Church. I'm talking to Eddie Puckstow and North Eddie Puckstow. Uh, it's right there. It's got a big fountain out in front of it. So if you're interested in that, you can come and support us in that, support me in that. I'll be leaving a card to the association to pray for me in it. So always a difficult and tough time for pastors to preach to other pastors. So please, please consider being a part of that for you. Something wonderful about a pastor being able to look out in the crowd and seeing some faces and people there in that. So, blessed be the name of the Lord in that. All right. Also, church and library on Saturday, we'll be having this library day. I'm going to ask you to check it. coming up to see a little bit about that.
competitive fundraiser for youth winter camp that we did last the end of February. That's to help offset some of that cost. And that's what we're just supporting our youth group. That is one of the best ways to do that. Come out there and be a part of that. I understand there's going to be uh, some games in it as well. It's not just dinner and a movie. There's going to be a contest in it. And in that contest, there's going to be a, it's, for, it's made for married people or dating people. It's going to be, how well do you know your boo? Come ready. Come ready because there's going to be some interesting questions on that. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be February 9th, about 6 p.m. Yoga about 8 and 30. So I'll come and support your Robert Kennedy Baptist Church Youth as they get ready to go to winter camp at the end of February. So please preface to be a part of it. All right. Also, with that being said, brand new Bible studies are starting up Monday, January 22nd, 6 p.m. Show up Monday at 6 p.m. on the 22nd. About one hour long. Won't go much more than an hour on that. So we'll be talking because of that time frame. And so we'll be, we'll be talking about some uh, very interesting subjects in the Bible. If you ever have any questions of why did Jephthah have that foolish vow? Why did those bears come out and, and kill those little kids? And why this and why that? And we're going to look at some of those interesting subjects of why that's in the Bible. And we'll see if we can talk about those. Monday the 22nd at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. All right. I think that's about it with our announcements. Don't forget our normal services come up through this week. You can find us on the bulletin and, of course, our Rock Kennedy Baptist Church website. And I want to encourage you to be a part of those. Get involved in those. I do have another small little shout-out on that. Some of you may not know this, but Rock Kennedy Baptist Church made it in the newspaper again this week. Some of you say, praise God, someone still reads the newspaper? They do. And so we made it in the Code Legal Press. Uh, interview there, and it was posted inside the newspaper. What a blessing that is. And there's some pictures in there, and you might say, hey, that's me. And uh, those two, there's three or four pictures in there. So it's really, really neat, and it's important to do a great job, and you did a great job in here. So thank you for that. Speaking of Operation Christian Shop, the item of the month, and we're back to the shopping for item of the month. Hat loves its stars. Is that right? Hat loves its stars. Oh, my. And so they should be getting ready to go on sale, so
children make their way back to children's church, grab your Bibles with you, turn to the preach the book of Exodus, chapter 9. Book of Exodus. So good to see each and every one of you this morning. Man, when those kids leave, it seems like a big dent, doesn't it? All that personality leaves, all these smiles. You don't get to see a lot of what I get to see up here. Those kids dancing in the front row, praising and pecking at each other when no one's looking. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Thank you, God, for our kids. I hope and pray each and every one of you had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, a wonderful, wonderful New Year uh, celebration. I know that I did, my wife and I did. This is our first Sunday, of course. Into the year 2024, and it's my prayer that 2024 will be very good to you and to your family. Hold on to your faith. Things will change. And I'm not a prophet, nor will I ever claim to be one. But things will change this year. There will be differences, there will be uh, thoughts and arguments and debates and changes in how we do things as people and as countries and as citizens. Hold on to your faith. My Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hopefully we've noticed that Exodus chapter 9, so you might say, I don't know where Exodus is. It's the second book in the Old Testament. It's a book. It's the name of Israel. We are the name. And uh, it means a lot to me and to my family. The book of Exodus. became the Passover of Peacock, and I build a lot studying on what it means to be a true pastor. Blessed and privileged to be the churches that allow me to do Christ and the Passover for that. What it means to me and to my people. Well, the title of this morning's message is One Day. One Day. And before we go any further, let's start and open the door of Our Father in Heaven. Come to now in Jesus' name. And as we begin, Lord, look Word, I'm asking you to speak. I'm asking you to touch and move in each and every heart, Lord. Let us worship you. Let us digest what we hear, Lord. I pray, Father, for the many of you to come to know you personally as Savior, to save you their faith. Oh, Lord God, for the enemy that has walked away from you, that saved you today, Lord, to walk back. I also pray, Father, that you be with those who are out sick and those who are out traveling. Let them know, Lord, God, they are blessed and saved. Lord, I pray for them and my people. And I pray, Lord, one of us that hasn't said one day. In fact, when I was growing up, my mom and dad used to watch The Honeymooners. Y'all remember that that show? And Ralph would turn around to his wife and he'd say, one day, Alice! I'm not going to repeat what he said to her. You've seen the show, you know what I'm talking about. And of course, I grew up and that was an expression, one of these days, just one of those days! And so, it often was something that we put out, one of these days I'm going to make it. One of these days I'm going to win. Or one of these days I'm going to get even. One of these days I'm going to be what I said I'm going to be. Travis Pitt put out a wonderful country song when I was a kid. One of these days I'm going to be somebody. Don't start singing with me. 
we start singing it right now, Brother Josh will put that in my head. One of these days I'm going to beat somebody. One of these days I'm going to break these chains. Perhaps you've said that before. One day I'm going to win. One day I'm going to make it. One day I'm going to beat Jesus. You ever said that? Pastor said one of these days. Pastor said one of these days. In fact, we say that all the time about Jesus as well. We say one of these days he's coming back. We quote the scriptures, one of these days the clouds are going to roll up. One of these days the skies are going to roll up like a scroll. The stars are going to move out of the way. And we're going to see the Lord. We're going to hear that shout. And we're going to hear the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. One of these days. Did you act differently though if you knew when that day was? Truth is, it would make a Let's look at an example of somebody this morning who knew. Let's just step nine. Read with me, please, verses one to six. The Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the oxen, and on the sheep. A very severe Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So if you read an old King James like I do, you come across the word of Israel and the Lord will divide. The Lord will make a big The Lord will make a big between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. And the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did this thing on the all the livestock of Egypt died, but in the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Now I know, as you read your Bible, you know this, but I know this. You read that God had appointed a time, and that that time appointed was the very next day. And that God was going to make a division between Israel and Egypt. That's something else that God explained. God said, I'm going to set a time and I'm going to make a division. I'm going to set a time and I'm going to make a division. Now, that is a New Testament thing. It's all the way up out of the mouth of Jesus. But I don't want you to get so powerful in this story. I know it's such a powerful and interesting story. We just need to understand that God is appointed a time and that God will make a division during in fact, we see that in the Exodus. God appointed a day, and God set a division. I will make a difference between the livestock of Mithraim, which is Egypt, and Israel, which is Egypt. I will make a difference between them. So it's prudent for us to understand that Pharaoh was told when it would happen. In fact, you need to comprehend that. You need to perceive need to put that in the bank this morning. Pharaoh knew when this would happen, and it made absolutely, positively, no difference. 
Now, if you read through the rest of that case, we're going to spend a lot of time there. But you're going to find out that what happens the next day makes a vivid, vivid picture on the heart of the rest of the Egyptians. Because when God sent Moses in later on and says, God's going to do this, they listen. And they start taking their livestock in. They start taking their, their crops in. They start gathering their crops in. Oh my goodness, the Lord said it. It's going to happen. But not Pharaoh. So we have a picture here of today's society. We have people who care about what God says, and we have people who don't care about what God says. Now, you need to understand that just like Pharaoh, they know it's God speaking. Am I talking to you this morning? Perhaps you're online and you're saying, Pastor Joshua, I know that God has been speaking to me, and I know that God has been speaking to my family, and I know that God is speaking to this country, but I just don't. Tell us that we have an appointed time as well. That's right. You do. I do. The good news is that we don't know when that is. That's why we can walk around with a smile. If we knew when that was, we'd all be walking around saying, Oh, it's one day closer, wouldn't we? In fact, the Bible says that as well. Every day is one day closer to the return of Jesus Christ. One day closer to His appearing. But I want you to look with me in Hebrews 9, verse 27. The Bible tells us, And it is appointed for men to die. Watch! But after this, the judgment. You've got an appointed time. You've got an appointed place. You've got an appointment. Hey, there's an appointment. Incidentally, I think that we all know that we have an appointment. There isn't a one of us that doesn't truly deep down in our hearts know that. We know that God has set a day as well. God has set a day. You have an appointment, and God has set a day. Remember now. If we're looking at the Old Testament and how God made a division, then perhaps we can see a division in the New Testament as well. I want you to take a look at Luke chapter 17. I want you to see this day that God has set for us. The Apostle Paul is preaching. He's preaching to non-Christians, to people who haven't heard about Jesus Christ. And these are the words of Paul. Look at me in verse 30 of Acts 17. Surely these times of ignorance God overlooked. But now command all men everywhere, somebody help me finish this verse, to repent. That is something that we don't put out in the church anymore. We put out in the church nowadays, say this prayer and you're going to heaven. The Bible says God's commanding each and every one of us to repent. Now you need to remember there's going to be a division. So you should start asking yourself right now, what are the qualifications of the division? Are you following with me? Because, look at me in verse 31, He's appointed the day in which He will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom He has ordained. Not happiness, not godliness. Now listen to me now. Not holiness, not holier than thou You ever heard of that one as well? But He will judge the world in righteousness. And He's given assurance of this to all raising him from the dead. So then, you know that you have an appointment. It's appointed unto one man who wants to die, and then the judgment, you know that the day is set for judgment. It is going to happen. God has said it. It's not something that could happen. It is something that will happen. One day, that's the title of our message, one day, it's coming. One day, it's coming. One day, it will be here. 
past preachers that have been here before me, the ones that were before them and the ones that were before them, they often preach the same message. And one day it's coming. And we sit in the pews and say, yeah, but not today. Yeah, but not today. And I need you to understand something, y'all. Because I think we all believe in our hearts that God has appointed a day. And I believe that every one of us in our hearts, even those of us that are online, that aren't joining us in the church this morning, I believe that you know, or you wouldn't be watching church this morning, that God has appointed a day which will judge all the world in righteousness. And that God has appointed a time for all mankind. That is appointed for man once to die and then the judgment. One evangelist that I know preaches very powerfully. He says, you have literally one heartbeat between you and God. Just one heartbeat. You are one heartbeat away between him and the day of judgment. Hebrews 9.27 is appointed unto man to die once and then the judgment. If I couldn't see a judge right now, what would God say? What would he say? Now, I don't need to ask you to answer that for me because you can already do that in your heart. Some of you already know. I'm not here to scare you this morning. I'm not here to bring you with some emotional preaching to the cross. I want you to understand something about Christianity, something that we've been missing, missing for years in Christianity. See, most of us preach nowadays and teach nowadays that Christianity is some kind of philosophy, that Christianity is some kind of, of way of living, that it's some kind of truth that we hold on to. It is knowing somebody. And if you know that one person, the more real that day becomes to you. Did you know, though, one day it is coming? And did you know that judgment will start in the house of God? Some of you saying, Amen. Some of you saying, Oh, me, right now. Look at me in 1 Peter 4 17. We haven't even really got started in my message yet this morning. This is all building up to where we're going. 1 Peter 4 17. For the time has come, this is the Apostle Peter. And if you know anything about Peter, he had a powerful history, didn't he? He has to be the beginnings of Baptist life. Peter did. He suffered from foot and mouth disease. He suffered from jumping the gun. He suffered from I'm right, everybody's wrong. He suffered from, well, I should do this, and the rest of y'all should just like it. First Peter 4.17 time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with a first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? That's right. One day judgment is coming. I think we can all say that without a doubt. There isn't a person in this room. There isn't a person who's listening online right now that doesn't believe that one day judgment is coming. And what's that judgment going to be? Now remember in our Exodus example, God divided Israel's pattern. divided them. He made a division. He made a separation. These cattle over here, and these cattle over there. In judgment day, there will be a division. There will be a division. In fact, that's where we're starting to work at this morning. And that's really what I want to talk to this morning. And you may be sitting there in the pew saying, well, I've been coming to church, Pastor. Doesn't that make me a Christian? Hey, Pastor, I pray when you say every head bowed and every eye closed, I pray. Hey, when Brother Mark stands up at the pulpit and sing, I sing loudly. I even move a little bit with you, Brother Josh, up there. Doesn't that make me a Christian? No. Does not. There will be a division. 
Look at here in Exodus 25, 31. It says, the Bible says, when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory, and all the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another. There will be a division as a shepherd divides his sheep from his own. But in the Hebrew, cattle is often a picture of sheep and goats. I know we're from Texas, so when we say cattle, we often think of longhorns. Come on, say amen. That means amen in the Baptist church. But in the Bible, when we talk about cattle, we are usually talking about sheep and goats. And so, when you go back to the Exodus story, and if you were to put sheep and goats in there, a picture now of division. I know you can. There is a division. Jesus told us there will be a division. He will divide the sheep from the goats. Well, how about this one? It didn't quite grab your attention. Matthew 13, 30. Let both grow together. We're talking about wheat and tare here. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, start to gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them to gather the wheat into my barn. A division. Jesus does not hold back. Sheep and goats divided, wheat from tares divided. If you'll read a little further on, good fish from bad fish divided. The point is, is that you begin to understand there's a division. There is a separation. Just like in Exodus chapter 9. We understand that there will be a division. What makes us a sheep or a goat or a wheat or a tear or a good fish or a bad fish. What makes us those? Well, of course, Jesus. Somebody say amen. If you don't have Jesus, you're already a bad fish. If you don't have Jesus, you are already a tear. If you don't have Jesus, you are a goat. People often tell me, why does God got a thing against goats? He doesn't. He doesn't. If you ever had goat tacos, then you've been blessed. Somebody say amen. If you don't say amen, you ain't never had a goat taco. If you have had a goat taco, they're worth breaking your New Year's resolution for. Good eating, man. He will separate the goat from the sheep. He will separate the wheat from the tares. He will separate the good fish from the bad. Of course, the number one dividing quality is Jesus. You have Jesus in your heart. You have Jesus in your life. Is Jesus your Lord? We talked about that Sunday morning, last Sunday. Is Jesus Christ your Lord? But I'm not preaching the wrong thing this morning. You know, we can turn this into an evangelical sermon. I am preaching to Christians this morning. And if judgment begins at the church, what we read in First Peter, if judgment begins at the house of God, and what if that one day was tomorrow? What would you say? What would you do? In fact, let me change the question around a little bit. What do you think Jesus would say? I want to remind you that Jesus has just one expectation for us. Too we often get caught up in other things. Jesus wants me to look good. Jesus wants me to smell good. Let me agree with you on that. Jesus wants you to smell good. <laughs> Nothing wrong with bathing. Somebody once told me, it's in the Bible, cleanliness is next to godliness. That's not in the Bible. But I can tell you this, it helps you become godly when you're clean. It also helps you to be friendly when you're clean. Somebody say amen. What do you think Jesus would say if he were to pull you aside today saying this is the time, your appointed time, the appointed of the man who wants to die, and then the judgment? What do you think he'd say? Not 
about your mom, not about your dad, not about your grandma, your grandpa, not about your children. You. What do you have to say about me? Especially if you have this high expectation from you. You think you're living up to it? What if today we're that day? Now, I know I'm being hypothetical at the moment, but what if right now we're that time? What if those skies rolled back like a scroll right now and we heard the voice of God saying, come up here, and we heard the trump sound and the dead and Christ started to rise first. Would you be trembling or would you be rejoicing? I want to remind you that Jesus has one expectation. You can't do anything else until this one expectation is accomplished. Now you say, well, Pastor, that's what gives me heart. Of course. There's something that I'm preaching to Christians now. Not the lost people. I'm preaching to Christians. There's something that Christians are supposed to be doing every day, every second, every hour of every minute. What is it? Look at St. John 14, 15. Jesus lays it out plain as day. If they love me, keep my commandments. Now, the God will start going off there. When they start listing out the 613 commandments, wow. How would Jesus talk? If you love me, that's enough. We are simply to love Him. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you love Him? Are you following me this morning? Are you beginning to see what separates a sheep from a goat? Are you beginning to see what separates a good fish from a bad fish? Are you beginning to see what separates a wheat from a tear? It's whether or not you love Jesus. And I want you to know something. If you love Jesus, then you will keep His commandment because you can't help it because you love Him. And I want to ask you a question. If you're breaking His commandment, it must be the other way. Do you love Jesus? Most of us would say, Amen! Right now, I love Jesus. We would take a poll in Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. We'd all raise our hands and say, I love Jesus. Back, scriptures affirm this. Look at me in 1 Corinthians 16 22. The Bible says, If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema. Let him be anathema. And then the Apostle Paul concludes it with another Greek word, maranatha. He says, Listen to me now, 1 Corinthians 16 22. If anyone loves not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. Let him be anathema. That means let him be damned to hell. That's that powerful. And let me tell you what Jesus said. If you love me, Paul later on goes on to say, If anyone loves not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema. And then he says, Maranatha. It means, Lord, come. Come. Let judgment day come now. Let that appointed time be now because I love you. Can you say that right now? In fact, in every scripture, right now, bad is his name. You ever seen those cartoons? I grew up watching Bugs Bunny, Tom Jerry, Scooby-Doo, I know. You ever watch those cartoons and on that one guy's shoulder, pop the angel, pop the little Elmer Fudd, and that other shoulder, pop Sylvester the cat, you know? One's got wings and one's got a pitchfork. 
good one with wings and a halo and a heart whispers in his ear, be a good boy. And the one with the pit bull says, eat Tweety Bird. You know what I'm talking about? And sometimes we think Christianity is something like that. But it's not. But you do have a battle raging in you. And that battle raging in you is simple. It's so simple that a child can understand it. It's either you love Jesus or you if you love him, you will what? If you don't love him, then you break him. That's your question. Judgment day happen right now. What would he say? What would he say? Do you love Jesus or do you love the world? Look with me in First John two fifteen. Don't love the world. This is John. And let me tell you, if anybody knew something about love, it was John. John is the one who laid his head on the breast of Jesus at the Last Supper. It was John who wrote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. It was John who wrote, But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ. It's John who wrote those words. It's John who wrote John 14, 15. If you love me, I tell you. Here we are in 1 John 2, 15. He says, Don't love the world. John knew something about this. Don't love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, help me out now, the love of the Father is not in him. Christian, do you love your alcohol more than Jesus Christ? Do you love your tobacco more than Jesus Christ? Do you love your profanity more than Jesus Christ? Do you love your pornography more than Jesus Christ? And let me tell you right now, if Judgment Day were to happen, he asked you that question. we think love is. Growing up, I remember having 100,000, well, I'm exaggerating. I remember having many different uh, female friends that I considered, quote unquote, my girlfriend. And you know what love was then? How much fun we had at Monopoly. I'm preaching to the choir, right? I'm preaching to Christians this morning. I've been married to Betsy for 26 years. Let me tell you what love is. Love Love is what she does for me, what she doesn't want to do, which is all the time for her. Everybody can tell you. Love to Jesus is obedience. Remember John 14, 15? If you love me, keep my commandments. Keep his commandments. And let me ask you a question, Christian. If judgment began at the house of God today, would he say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or would he say, Why 
his experience is in the Gospel of John. And John just loves him and him and him. He's kept going with him. I've often wondered what he heard when he put his ear to the heartbeat of God at that last supper table. I wonder what he heard that heartbeat bumping, bumping in the heartbeat. I wonder if he caught a hold of the love of God for the world, if he caught a hold of his love for his disciples, the love for his church, love for the individual believer, love for the sinner. I wonder how John felt when his ear touched the breast of Jesus Christ and the heartbeat of God filled his spirit. I also want you to remember that John 14 is the only beginning. After Jesus has given his last teaching, two things are about to happen. Two things are about to happen. This is what that happened. And he tells him, if you love me, keep my commandments. Peter was in it. And Peter knew this. Now, you know all about Peter. I love the Apostle Peter. I think I relate to him more than any other disciple. Why? Because Peter does the things that I do. Peter's human. Somebody say amen. I like the Apostle Peter. However, you probably know, Peter thinks instead of smoking. See how? Right now, your trial, if your faith were to go on trial, would it float? Or would it sink? Be honest. Don't say it out loud. Be honest. Would you right now hear, well done, now good and faithful service, or would you hear, you know, Peter, he's the same guy that pulled out a sword inside the Garden of Gethsemane after witnessing Jesus praying, Father, take this cup away from me, but nevertheless, let thy will be done. Takes a sword and cuts the ear off his mouth. That Peter. The same Peter who follows the party who arrested Jesus into the high priest's courthouse. He denies that he knows Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times. And to emphasize it, he puts a good old Baptist curse. One day, you probably know, he had to face Jesus. One thing to face Jesus in the crowd, in the upper room. Oh, wow, he's alive. Oh, wow, he's there. That's another thing to face him one on one. He had to face Jesus. Now, this, as you're about to read, is after the crucifixion, it's after the resurrection. Perhaps you are sitting in that pew, and it's my hope and my prayer that you are convicted. And I want you to know something about Jesus. And we see this dialogue with Jesus and Peter. Never once did Jesus point his finger in the face of Peter and say, Shame on you! Never once did he point his finger in the face of Peter and say, Bad boy! Never once did he say, I'm so disappointed in you! Look at you in John chapter 21. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Because you know what Peter heard that night. He said, look at me, keep my commandments. My commandments are easy. They're light. You've heard my commandments. Love ye one another, even as I have loved you. The same Peter takes swords and cuts ears off. The same Peter says, I don't know him.
never had eaten breakfast. Let me stop right there. You can never, ever, ever discount the value of a good breakfast. Let me show you this. That's right. That's right. They often tell you breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But you need to understand who she was eating with. She's not just eating fish on the shoreline of a, of a lake. She's eating with the Word of God. There's a lot to learn from that. Some of us need to put the Word of God back to work in our lives. Back in the morning, it should be what we digest first instead of food. Somebody say amen. There's a lot to learn from that. When they eat breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Bar Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah, Simon, Bar Jonah, do you love me? Remember that commandment? If you love me, keep my commandments. Remember how many he broke just a few hours ago, just a few days ago? Simon, do you love me? Never once does Jesus point out and say, shame, shame, you know your name. He says, do you love me? And I want to ask you a question right now. If judgment started in the house of God, would Jesus pull you aside and say, do you love me? And some of us have been saying that for years. Oh, how I love Jesus. We've been singing it. We've been preaching it. We've been praying it. But when we get outside of the church house,
teach them, man, they got to love me more than the world. Teach them, Peter. Can you hear God right now? Is he talking to you in the pew? Is he talking to you online? Feed my love. And now, there is no shame on you, Peter. There is no, why didn't you do that, Peter? When you love me, everything else is going to fall into place because if you love me, you will help me out, church. Teach my commandments. Some of us break them on purpose. God doesn't care. No, you don't love. Oh, you may have come down the aisle before and said, I love God. But 
came and believed. There's no commandment keeping. Nothing but commandment breaking. Do you love him? Do you love him? See, one day this is going to happen. He's going to say, Do you love me? He's not going to be what he was seeing in the choir, he's seeing in the cantata, he's seeing in the pew. Did you give something in the offering plate? Did, did you cry? Did you have to cry? Did you say a prayer? What did you mean by that? What did you do? Remember, that God said, I'm going to make a separation. I'm going to make a division, a distinction between the cattle of Egypt and the cattle of Israel. There's going to be a difference, and all the cattle of Egypt are going to die. That's the I know you know the doctrine. For anybody that's not in Jesus Christ, is going to die. They are not going to be there. That's where you are right now. You say, Pastor, I'm not a Christian. Perhaps you say, Pastor, I am a Christian. But I am loving him as a Christian. And I come back. I need you to understand the example of Peter. He would love me. Would you be willing to come back? Did Peter ever learn to love? Absolutely. Absolutely. He writes that wonderful, wonderful statement about what we're beginning with the house of God. But I want you to look at me in 1 Peter 1 verse 8. Listen to what Peter says here about love. Whom having not seen, you guys haven't even seen Jesus. I'm feeding those lambs, Jesus. I'm feeding those sheep, Jesus. I'm teaching them how to love you, Jesus. I want to teach them how to love because I'm learning how to love. That you're worth more than anything in this world. And you're greater than anything this world offers. And if I'll just love you, then the things of this world will pass away. There'll be no more. You now do not see him, but believe in him, and rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Him that you love. Do you love him? We have a message one day. One day we're going to go see him again. It might be tomorrow. One day, we're going to go see him. One day, you might be saying, Pastor, what can I do about that? The Apostle Paul addresses that. Look at me in verse 2 of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, In an acceptable time, I've heard you, and in the day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now. Making him your Lord and Savior, would you be willing to come so you don't get separated? Perhaps say, Pastor, I am a Christian, and I don't want him to stand in front of me saying, Do you love me? I want him to stand up and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I want him to know that I love him. And I want to start feeding his lambs and feeding his sheep. I want to teach everybody how to love. Would you be willing to come? Perhaps say, Pastor Joshua, I'm looking for church. Would you be willing to come and be a part of our family? 
Perhaps God's calling you to follow through in baptism. Whatever the case may be, do you love Him? Somebody else will ask, why are you baptized? Do you love Him? That should be enough. Would you be willing to come this morning? Let's pray together. Father, come to me out in Jesus' name. Oh, how I thank you for your word. Your word is indeed quick and it's powerful and it is sharper than any creation. And I pray right now, Lord, it will cut down into our hearts and into our lives. And I pray, Lord God, if there be any that can't truly answer the question, do they love you? Would you let now be the time they come? Would you let today be that one day? Perhaps, Lord, there are those who need to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior. Would you let today be the day they surrender to you? Or be a part of Robinson Avenue. Lord, follow you in obedience. Wherever you take you, we will give you the praise, honor, and glory. Don't forget, tonight, 6 o'clock, evening worship. Don't forget, ministry meeting at 4. Don't forget, the title practice at 4.30. So if you're interested in that, be there and be a part of those things. I want to remind you of Wednesday evening services at 6.30 right here in the sanctuary. Also, remind you about next week. If you're interested in being a part of the United Baptist Churches of Texas annual meeting, please sign up. The little uh, sign in the office right there. So we have a head camera that we can get in the seat. Um, you'll get to come next week if you want to on that Sunday evening. We'll hear a wonderful sermon called Four Fast Fries. So that's your book we'll have to have around now. So it's coming out of the book of Hebrews, and so it's a lot of fun. All right, let's close in that word of prayer, and I will see you guys hopefully this evening. Brother Joe, would you close this time, sir?